Let's go. What's up, Bingetown? How we feeling today? It's your boy, PD, a.k.a. Producer Dave. I'm joined with Luke, Kyle, and guest appearance, Alki, to discuss episodes six and seven of Alice in Borderland. I think this might be a little bit of a longer of an episode because we got a lot to talk about, so sit tight. Last episode, we left off with Arisu and Usagi arriving at the Bichu. And in these episodes, we got a little more familiar with the dynamics of the beach, as well as some of the, in my opinion, the craziest twists of the series at the end of episode six, to be honest. So if we want to get our opening discussion out of the way, mm-hmm. Kyle, what are your thoughts? Let's see here. So this recording was originally planned for a Sunday. It is now Monday night and Saturday okay. night. I got home at like 2.30 and was like, fuck, I have to watch these episodes. So I watched these two episodes like 2.30 on Saturday night, definitely drunk. <laughs> and I was like really tempted to like watch the finale afterwards. But I was like, I can't do that because we have to like, you know, talk about these two episodes without me having the finale knowledge, yeah, you know, but like, I don't think I've ever hit next episode quicker than after episode six. I can't imagine just watching episode six and that was it without watching episode seven. So was, I think it's good that we're doing both these episodes together. It's my favorite twist personally. I was so nervous to see your reaction to these episodes because if you didn't love these episodes, I just would have felt bad for just misleading you because these two episodes are just hype as shit. We get so much good buildup into the episode seven climactic fights for multiple characters. Episode eight is going to be awesome. It's going to tie in into the next season, of course, and talk about some, you know, big picture stuff. But in terms of just this season, six and seven feel like the total pinnacle of it. And I fucking love them all. We got so many more flashbacks, so much more descriptions of just the kind of characters all of the non Arisu and Usagi characters are like, and I'm just so happy with it. And I love it for this being my second time seeing it. Yeah, they were literally handing out flashbacks like they were going out of style. Yeah. In episode <laughs> seven, everyone got a fucking flashback. It was pretty crazy. I feel mm-hmm. like they did them very well, though. Each flashback being like not that long, you know, mm-hmm. you get a good insight. Alki, any thoughts as the, uh, the guest appearance? You, what did you think of these episodes? Second rewatch, I mean, it was just as good as the first time. A little bit better. Notice a little bit different things. You know what I'm saying? And they're jam-packed. Six, seven, like yeah. every single minute you got to watch. There's no filler BS. You know, there's no like mm-hmm. mumbo jumbo. There's just so much content to the end. And this episode six leaves on a cliffhanger. You can't not watch seven. I watched seven last night and I almost watched eight. Like I almost watched it, <laughs> yeah, but I didn't. There was so much sweat on these actors throughout <laughs> these two episodes that it blew my fucking mind. I will say that I didn't really notice it. Are you kidding no, me? No, I actually noticed this as my second watch. I noticed that they were like sweaty and I, I was like, well, this is nice. It's realistic. You're in a fight. You're going to sweat. You I know was, what I, I mean? Guess I was a bit saucy, so I wasn't paying attention <laughs> to the sweat. <laughs> it was mostly Arisu like in that chair and stuff. Of course, he's going to be sweating stuff. Yeah, but then okay. when you see Last Boss's flashback, he's disgusting. Kuina was sweating in the fight too. All right, so we open with a quick flashback scene of the Hatter and Agune first founding the beach. Hatter is just preaching the beach to be a place of hope for them. And then we get the flash forward to the present with him putting away all the cards he's collected in a box. And then he begins his departure for the game. I thought it was literally so fucking funny that he owned a hat shop. Yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) I just, it's just like, Hatter, yeah, it makes a fuck ton of sense, but there was no way I would have thought that he, he literally a owned a hat shop. Yep. Yeah, I thought that was really funny. It's also yep. interesting that they knew each other. I love that Dude. part of it. And, I, and yeah. it adds a lot more to both of their characters, but especially yep. Ogden, because he's all we have left. You know, he has the scene where, like, 
he's looking out the window. This is Agony I'm talking about. And then they have the scene where like he's looking at the fire and you see the fire in his eyes, you know. So it was an interesting episode for or two episodes rather for Agony. God, episode eight is I think, yeah, I think it's up. fair to just put this statement out there because it's not really a spoiler. It's just we're gonna get some flashbacks for Agony next episode, and they're pretty fucking lit. He had the hat store, but you understood, like it's not a spoiler that that wasn't his original job. Like he yeah. said it already. So it's pretty cool well, too. He, he said he ended was, up there, like his father's or something like that. Something about like his. It was his father's his dream. Father's dream, dream, dream yeah. Yeah. He owned the nut, like the nightclub itself, but like that was just something he was like, okay, like I have all this money, I might as well live my father's dream, you know. So next we get Usagi waking up, uh, sleeping in Adisu. They just plan on gathering more information, but because Adisu is being so closely watched by Agane and Hatter. Usagi then decides to go to the annex basement. We get a brief montage of Adisu looking for answers. I can go through the quotes of each person if we feel like that's necessary. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the first guy says he heard from the guys who drove all the way to the suburbs that the further you get from the city, the more run down the streets are. And beyond that, it looks like a jungle of sorts. Next person says, I heard the game arenas are only within Tokyo. Next person says people tried escaping on boats, but the lasers got them. And then they're kind of going in and back and forth saying that the police or not even like the United States Army came for them, which implies that at least everyone in Japan disappeared. They were saying also possibly the world, but I love that line. That's not confirmed. <laughs> not even the U.S. Army came for us. They know that we just swing just around. <laughs> yeah, just put our noses in fucking everything. Those are just those little tidbits of information they're, that are always directly to me. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's why you wanted me to go through them. Yeah. But the last one is aliens inserted chips in their brains and are toying with them, which is honestly still not out of the realm of possibility. No, nothing <laughs> is. Especially yeah. because we get Lisa later on and she's doing that. That uh, Anne? Anne. I don't Holy know where Lisa, Lisa Anne? Lisa Anne. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, and she is like doing the autopsy looking for like a GPS chip. Yeah. Obviously, I don't think she seems, she doesn't seem like the type of person that would believe in the alien theory, but she believes that people are chipped because obviously the, the lasers know where you are at all times. Yeah. She's trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. I and love I will, all those things. I will say too that the, the jungle outside of Tokyo puts an interesting picture in my head of just the city of Tokyo surrounded by this just like absolute wilderness, which, which just would explain the panther too, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. All the animals, how the animals get there. True. Yeah. And Usagi also, already said how they repop the animals come back in when yeah, there's true, no people. You it's know just I mean? like really, odd timing because yesterday we watched that solar opposites episode where like they shoot that fucking gun into the ground and it just creates that city in the middle of the jungle mm, yeah, yeah yeah and that would be, that would be i mean it, this almost seems like that's what happened is that they just like created recreated tokyo in the middle of fucking nowhere so those were some really cool thoughts that the people had that Arisu was interviewing. So like I said earlier, Usagi is heading to the annex basement. And as this is going on, Arisu stumbles upon some of the militants dumping these dead bodies into the dumpster to which Silverhair, which and we finally get his name, Chishia, shows up saying this is the true nature of the beach. Beach you, sorry. And they're essentially, they meet somewhere else. And he asks Arisu, how will you survive in this world that's full of despair? And Arisu goes on a pretty badass rant here saying that he wants to find the answers to his questions, the ones behind the game. He wants to send everyone from the game back home, if that's possible. Otherwise, just Usagi. Mm -hmm. So we get a clear vision of what Arisu's goal is in this game right now. Yeah, he's thinking with little Arisu. Yeah. Dude, anytime he talks about the Game Master, I get hyped. I just picture this am amazing showdown, like Light versus L yes, kind of thing. Yes, exactly. Like, I'm just I'm... so hyped for that moment. It's yeah. two masterminds. Arisu, obviously, even though this guy Chishia is like a genius too. Arisu Dude. is the goat. Smart. You don't like Chishia? No, I'm saying, is Arisu the goat? I would say, if anything, Chishia is the goat oh, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm saying, well, yeah, but like, come on. He's like, <laughs> like he's going to be the best. He's going to yeah, beat the game. He's got the yeah. MC armor. Arisu is a young legend. Yeah. 
Chisia is a young goat. Yeah, yeah, dude. Okay. Yeah, but, but Chisia, I just want to say, Chisia just like makes fun of him for thinking he's he says all this noble yeah. shit. He literally calls his goal impractical, yeah. but he finds it like amusing at the same time in that he sees potential in him. And then he says, what if there is a way to change the status quo altogether? The beginning of the scene was like it happening in real time. And the second half of the scene was like Adisu telling mm-hmm. Usagi like how it happened. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. They're like kind of sharing the information that they both found. And she says that the militants are kind of on the verge. Or she doesn't say that rather. She just says there's like tons of weapons that are stored uh, in like the annex basement. I was wondering when I first watched and now on the second rewatch, I'm assuming that everybody's like getting killed, like they're just traitors, right? I understood that as military killing people to like prematurely for no reason, maybe. Like I think that they might have those people are dying not even because they're traitors, just because the militants are you think they're, they're being very loose with how they yeah, uh, yeah. they identify traitors. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. I mean, I can see they're. I mean, shit. Episode seven, <laughs> they clearly don't give a fuck about anyone. So, oh, we also find out too. I thought it was interesting. I don't think now that I'm thinking about it, um, the exact way that we find out, but that Chishia's plan is to steal all of the playing cards and leave. Mm-hmm. That was not what I thought that him and Queen's plan was going to be. What do you think they were going to overthrow everything? I had literally, I, I didn't have that much of a guess if I'm honest, but I thought that that was very interesting. I, I didn't think that Chishia, I guess I didn't think that he was so against the Hatter. I thought he his plan was more well, about like I, I don't know if he was because he said the whole point of the conversation with him and Arisu is saying that he specifically does not want the militant in charge. Okay, so this plan, like he was probably planning it because I guess he was. We we got hints of him and Kawina having that plan when Hatter was alive. So I guess that that's a point in your favor of saying that. But I don't think he was ever actively working against the Hatter because the Hatter kept everything calm and in control i think it's just every man for himself he's just like i want the cards <laughs> like yeah, yeah but like, also <laughs> i think that's right in line with who i thought he was as a character i remember yeah, watching it the first time yeah. through yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm very curious of what like step two would be i wish we found that out yeah, but we yeah. don't get we that far did. yeah so like kyle says i still have silver hair so chishia is planning on stealing all the cards and leaving the beach and patter is off to his game and as he enters his game arena we see kind of a sh- shadowy figure looking at him and then transitions to the next day. We can clearly see it's the next day because of the sun that's out. When the Hatter was going to his game, it was kind of dark out. And we see Paul's arch nemesis. He, we see him running down the hallways. He goes to Anne, who is kind of just fucking around in the what, medical building. What she, Kyle said he was looking for. The, she was looking for the GPS. Yo, that's brain. so funny because uh, I have right. once again Lisa in my notes. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> Lisa. Yeah. You needed to do something before you watch these episodes. I was I was sauced up, bro. It was like three a.m. and I had more a than bunch, sauced up. Bro. I had a bunch of Jameson in me. Okay, so Paul's arch nemesis finds Anne and tells her that she needs to come with him. At the same time, Arasagi is meeting Silverhair for an executive meeting, to which Usagi is actually not allowed in because she doesn't have enough authority. I guess everyone loves Arisu. Uh, they enter and we see the Hatter lying dead on just a table. So that Rip. was pretty fucking wild. With a bullet wound in his chest. If I'm honest, I feel like it wasn't like horribly surprising that he died. Yeah, especially I mean, since they, we saw the figure. Of, yeah, and like the last time. When he says, I'm going to go to the game, and then they give us all of the faces of all of the militants at the meeting from episode mm-hmm. five, it was kind something of like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I, we, I, we even talked about it on the, on the last episode, mm-hmm. too, that it would the easiest way to get rid of someone would be to kill them in a game, because it's just like, oh, mm-hmm. they got killed in the game. My first watch, I was like, death flags, death flags. Yeah, I, I mean, it's definitely right upsetting, away. because he was one of the best characters. You know, he's gone. We don't get him around anymore, but... 
I thought they were going to start this episode with his game when I first watched. That would have been sick. Yeah, like to see if what went down in his game, but we didn't. We saw him dead, and I was like, "Oh shit, shit's about to go down," you know. And it so shit, does. shit does go down. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to process for most of the executives, but the militants proceed to make their move at this point in time. Niragi immediately goes psycho and just starts threatening everyone with his gun. So does last boss. We know his name is Last yeah, Boss. Yeah, name drop his, Last his Boss. His reveal was cool, man. When they said Last Boss, well, the first time I heard it, I didn't think anything of it. I didn't think that was his actual name, but it is, and it's a dope name. <laughs> it is a really good name. I mean, maybe we'll get it. I'm not sure, but I, or maybe I'm just not remembering, but like how he gets the name. I don't think there's any no. reason. I think it's just like his nickname. I'm pretty sure. It'd be pretty sick if you just called yourself that and people were like, okay. That's what I think it is. I makes think he, sense. I think he abandoned <laughs> his name just like his old lifestyle and was like, I'm just going to start going by this name. That's like a crazy name to just call yourself and people yeah. go along with. You know what I mean? That's like me calling myself, I don't know, like huge dick, make strong guy. And everyone's like, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Niragi's threatening everyone to make Agony the new number one, to which, of course, everyone who doesn't have guns agrees. So fuck Niragi right here at this moment because he starts punching on the hatter. Like, oh my God. He starts beating on him. And you can see Agony is definitely getting pissed at this point. He's like, yeah, he makes a stop. stop. Even though the Hatter wasn't like that big of a character, it's still fucking Naragi for doing that shit. So a couple things I want to point out is when Naragi is walking around the circle threatening everybody. So Kyle, I know you said initially you did like the number two guy because he was going to step up and try and be the leader because he was number two. The nerd Mm, looking executive crumbles in a second. Not a big deal. Didn't expect much from him. But then when Naragi goes over to... I don't remember what we were calling her, the smile chick with the abs. Bangs and abs, maybe. Bangs and abs, yeah. And dude, he is crazy with the anime like tongue flick. Like he starts like being all anime, right? Yeah. And that would like just started this episode and it gets really intense in episode seven. He embodies an anime character as best you can. It makes a lot of people uncomfortable, I'm sure. And if you weren't into the anime culture, this is probably like a fucking hard stop. I know. I know. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying like, it's weird. It's culture shock. Like for some people, definitely who had never seen something like that before. For me, I was like, oh, this guy's a wacko. (laughs) Like I knew he's a psycho. And I see that shit. I'm like, whoa, this guy's a bad dude. You know what I mean? But I was trying to think what characters do that. An anime. I couldn't think of one off the, off the rip. Uh, Orochimaru does Orochimaru. that too. Orochimaru. Duh, I'm rewatching Naruto too. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like a, you know, it's a, just an anime thing. Whatever, you get over it. But yeah. the other thing that happens is Niragi and Chisia have the intense little talk right there, where you think Chisia is going to rebel or whatever, but he says, you know, I'm good. But that is also when you actually get his name dropped right there. Yeah. So you could tell they have like a mini rivalry within the executives going on as well. Yeah, and last boss scares Arisu. He's like kind of spaced out somehow. And Niragi's like, doesn't he just like sprint doing? over to yeah, him real yeah. quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He Niragi unleashed last boss on Arisu, <laughs> pretty much. Now, now I think about it, Niragi revealed two big characters' names mm-hmm. in the same scene. Yeah, pretty cool. Next scene is basically Chishia explaining that we get an overview of Agane in the process of opening the card. The black envelope. Yeah, the black envelope. So he's explaining that they are kept in a sealed black envelope in a safe in the Hatter's Royal Suite. It can only be opened when a new number one is assigned, and only they will see the contents of what like is in the envelope. Agane appears confused when he opens it, but he reseals it and is signed by all the other executives. Shishia kind of notices that look on his face of confusion almost. It was something like just definitely something wasn't right. My man is Sherlock, dude. He's yeah. so great. He notices everything. And when you get the flashes to him explaining what he was doing in that scene, you always see the side eye. Just yeah. classic. I fucking love yeah, him. I, like I mean, it pretty much. And it's a fucking genius plan. I've just 
a genius plan and like an unbelievable amount of confidence in yourself to mm-hmm. fucking take those small body language ticks and like try to get as much information as possible out of it. And he literally did it perfectly. And I'm not trying to steal Dave's thunder here. Not only did he get all the information, he also lied about what he saw mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. Arisu and it fooled us, you yeah. know, yeah. until the very moment. You are flashback to Chaseya specifically telling Usagi and Arisu the plan with Queen. I think she's also in the room. And then when they talk about the like the passcode, I fucking love the boss ring yeah, finger yeah. being part of this whole thing. And just that was like 8,055. Like I kind of like when they were talking about it, I was 22. like that or 22. Yeah, 8,022. I've kind of figured that was going to be it. No, it was the code. It was just the wrong safe. It's fucking genius. We always were attracted to the ring. Now, yeah, it yeah, actual yeah. Meaning to well, it. it was fucking, when we first showed it's him just like grabbing boss. ass with the boss. ring. Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay. He is boss. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. My uh, note right here which just says 8022 aka boss and then just she is a legend like yeah, yeah. what the fuck <laughs> he, he basically explains his plan to Arisu as Arisu is going to sneak in and steal the cards while Agane's inauguration speech is going on mm-hmm. because it's going to be too dangerous for him or Kawina to go because they're very well-known executives it would just draw a lot of attention to them and of course it's a setup Niragi just comes in and just beats the fuck out of Arisu. At this point in time, I'm like, okay, fuck Shishio. Yeah. I mm-hmm. love this guy so much for not really doing much. And now all of that is just gone down yeah. the drain. Did the order of my notes is Shishio's a legend. Shishio <laughs> turns them in, question mark, question mark. And then there has to be more to this. <laughs> <laughs> but there's not. There's really not. He was fully prepared yeah. to just let Arisu just die in that moment, know, which is so upsetting, to be honest. And there wasn't really many takeaways from Agony's speech to the people of the beach. He just is the leader now. And then, he, you know, he walks into this room and Agony personally thanks Chasia, says, thank you for helping me out. You know, so then that's supposed to make the audience hate him even more, which I guess you can still walk away hating him from this. But not me, bro. Love that guy. No, nah, it's, it's not full hatred. It's kind of like it's it. you're not mad. You're disappointed. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But dude, yeah, Naragi fucks. It? Arisu up like on the yeah. ground like that is he should have been bloodier everything should have been like partially broken he mm-hmm. was just stomping on him breaking his ribs kicking him in the teeth my god that was brutal on my rewatch we talked about the scene where Chishia explained everything and said he recruited uh, Aris, Arusagi mm-hmm. right that's Arisagi, the, that's yeah. Yeah, the, the that's couple name yeah, yeah he recruited them I was a little disappointed in Arisu's he didn't have um there's there were no red flags in his brain that he was going to get crossed. You know, he said it so many times. Oh, I wouldn't like to be, yeah. you know, I wouldn't like to be your enemy. Yeah, they and really he fell right line. into it. And once the plan was like, I'm going to take the cards. Where does Arisu and Usagi even fall into that plan? Like, okay, I, once we get it for Chisha, he's going to take the cards, and then, and then what? We're going to get off at the two again, and like, <laughs> I just think it's you know, more. Escape. It was more about for Arisu. He was so anti-militant, leading them because they were yeah. just out to kill him. Mm-hmm. Agni and Niragi almost killed him at the beach the first time talking to him. Right. So he was he's freaked just, out. Anybody but you is better. Yeah. And she also kind of lays on the whole time crunch aspect of it. Things are getting really bad really quickly. Yeah. And yeah. Like something is going to happen soon. True. Like we need to do something. And Arisu and Usagi were already making their own moves and they're yeah. like, okay, let's join forces. I'm just saying on the second rewatch, I was like, damn, I wish, I wish he saw that. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. why he's not a young goat yet. Yeah. That's why he's not the goat. Yeah. Yeah. But this was a devastating scene. He's taken to a random hotel room and is completely tied up in duct tape and blinded. And Naragi's just like whispering in his ear, I'm going to have a good time with Usagi. And that leaves just Arisu feeling completely helpless at this moment in time. Just so devastating. And he, was- he, he lays on the line saying that 
I know your visa expires tomorrow, so you're going to sit here in total blackness. Yeah. Think about me raping Usagi while you have no idea when you're going to just a laser just come from the air and just kill you. So that is just the absolute epitome of mental torture. I hated seeing that scene for the second time. I, like, I just think they did such a good job of making you hate Naragi that I just respect the fucking actor for doing this whole thing. Oh, oh 100%. God. He's yeah. like the best actor in the show. Yeah, dude. He 100%. does it so well. Him. him and the Hatter, I think, are just two phenomenal actors. Hatter was... Ugh, Agony's so great, good. too. Oh, there's so many great... That's why we love this fucking show, because all the actors are fucking great. Agony's like gaze... You know, Dude, when he's like when, looking in the fire. Yeah. And because the Hatter's dead and he even makes him more like black on the inside. Kind of. You can tell it's pretty whack. He's just so emotionless. And he's just like, just kill everyone. Sorry. We're go- I'm going ahead. <laughs> no, you're good. But You man. know what I'm saying? He's great, too. Dude, they're all good. The next scene we get is Anne examining the Hatter's body. I don't really think there's much from this scene. Right. Just it, it's just her clearly looking at she yeah. pulls out a bullet. She takes a bullet. In. Yeah. It's yeah. Like she figures it out, out yeah. for later. But that's yeah. Right. And then been murdered. she is entering the suite right now as Queen is on watch. He determined where the cards were really hiding based off Agony's look when Naragi was kicking the shit out of Arisu because mm-hmm. he looks at this painting of a deer and essentially she is just like what he opened the first time based off his look wasn't like a code of numbers. It was weirder, like a drawing. And he determined the drawing was a deer. The safe is behind the deer painting. She is just a fucking genius. That's all we know. Yeah. And the show confirmed that it was a deer in the drawing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then she, they, he's talking to queen on the thing. And she goes, wow, I really don't want to be your enemy. He goes, people always tell me that, which is <laughs> yeah, true. Like, they have a close call with last boss, but it's really not worth going into. Whoa. Really. Yes, it is. Because that fucking wink that she hits him with is fucking amazing. Yeah, it was. <laughs> that, like, clearly. <laughs> yeah. Fake, like. It's so funny though. And he just like looks at her and just kind of turns around. He also walks like a weirdo. I love it. Kind of like hunches and like sways a little bit. He mm-hmm. just kind of walks like He's not normal. Yeah. Then but get, the wink was fucking great. I just love it. The wink was phenomenal. I should have shout that out. So next we get is Usagi, unfortunately, just about to be rape and, and Naragi is going into his psycho mode and the TV turns on. Dude, the first of all, the tongue thing was going crazy. Yeah, 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 I was yeah, surprised yeah. they were yeah. about to show that. He was going brazy with it because, like, he had not <laughs> he had not done it once for the rest of it. It felt like he was like, you know what? Like, we're about to take over the beach. Let me get a little freakier. I can get a little freakier. <laughs> I can turn it to eleven. The Hatter did have it on a leash. Yeah. You know? Now it's unleashed, and here it is I being know. a fucking sick. But also, I was talking to uh, a good friend of ours, Chase Standen, who actually watched this show when it came out originally on Netflix. So shout out to Chase Standen for that. How fucking awkward do you think it was shooting this scene? Someone like <laughs> drops the sound boom and cut, redo it. And it's like, I got to uh, go relick every part of your body real quick. <laughs> Excuse me. I was so thinking more about the random girl that was. I was just going to gonna say down. that. Like, what the fuck is wrong that. with you? Yeah, Holy no. shit. As like a fellow woman, wouldn't you be like, dude, stop. Yeah. You know what I mean? Straight survival. Yeah, they're, they're savages. She you know? could be afraid too. But let's keep going here because that's when the power. Yeah, is. yeah. Woo. So right as the TV turns on, everything else kind of starts to shut down. Shishia and Queen are literally right about to leave the premises of the Bichu, and Shishia immediately notices lasers going up. Queen is about to walk through the gateway, and he's like, "Hold up, lasers!" So that moment is yeah. so cool to me. <laughs> they were kind of about to break apart from the plan because Queen still had. She felt bad about what they did to Arisu, and he was like, "Go help them if you want." And then he's about to bounce. And then he sees those lasers and she's about to walk right through it. But that moment, it gets so real because all the lasers just outline the entire uh, beach at that moment. I was 
freaking out the first time I watched that. We get the twist at the beach is the next game arena, and of course it's the fucking ten of hearts, baby. Oh my god, what a twist! Yeah, it's literally genius. I was so excited when this happened. It's one number could have been better. It couldn't have been better. Like everything just fell perfectly for this to be the final game. Yeah, it's literally the perfect scenario for the ten of hearts. It's going to be really interesting when we actually find out. They flirt with it a little bit in the next episode, but like why? Yeah. This is happening because they talked about an episode five around the table. Of, is there like something like a condition we need to trigger for the 10 of hearts to pop up? So obviously something happened. But yeah. there's one thing I do like a lot was that when this game initially started, instead of having the normal Siri girl voice come on, it was like a male special announcement across the whole beach, which kind of reminded me more of like a was special. It? Yeah, it was that. a male guy saying thanks for your stay at the hotel or whatever and Mm -hmm. i kind of like it because it's just like reminiscent of a special event in game and that's again talking to the conditions that needed to be met to have the ten of hearts pop up so i like that whole thing yeah this seemed like this was going to be the final step of the non-face card right it it was symbolizing the end of the beach yeah yeah it was almost like the game master is kind of mocking them yeah like like he kind of led them to the beach he put that idea almost in their heads to like go there and congregate Mm -hmm. and live to Mm -hmm. set this all up i think it's really funny though because once again this is maybe not the first no definitely not the first but maybe not the second possibly the third time where when they show the fucking table of the phones just like in the lobby and it's like who the yeah, fuck who the, is putting right? that shit there how did there? nobody see that <laughs> i shit? know it's i cannot wait well, to you find can say out the same thing about the witch and the body right? yeah like, well, yeah, yeah but like have, someone fucking straight. walked in there with a fucking table yeah <laughs> 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 who the fuck did i need to know they, they they with it's the aliens bro it's the yeah. aliens fuck man i want to know and I'm, I'm glad that that's a question that like they know that we have mm-hmm it's not one of the ones that they answer for us. They fucking dance around it mm-hmm. like so much. Like they fucking put it in our face with that conversation with Chisia, who we've now kind of learned to trust as someone who like has a lot of information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he just doesn't get there too. So it makes me want to know even fucking more. I want more Chisia in my Dude, life. <laughs> this, so you already said that it is the 10 of hearts. Yes. Yeah, but like when the voice says, everyone go to the lobby, grab your phones, the game's about to start. The hype ass techno music again is so good, and I was just fucking excited. Just when everyone gathers there and the game starts talking, it goes back to the regular Siri voice, and you it does that anime thing again where it does the flash to all the executives yeah. in there, all the high militants. Yeah, yeah, it's hitting every single character we know in the beach, and that's just such a cool moment to show that they're all, even regardless if you're an executive or not, everyone's in this together. Mm-hmm. They're all about to play the hardest game in the entire world. That they've seen so far. Yeah. Anybody's seen. Mm-hmm. While we're talking about it, let's just get into the game rules. As Usagi is arriving to the lobby of crowd of people, we see that there's a flood of people surrounding a dead body, and then the game starts saying, Witch Hunt, the evil witch who took that girl's life is among you. The witch role is not limited to women. You clear the game if you find the witch and burn them in the fire of judgment. That sentence is completed a fire sparks outside and two hours is the time limit and that's the episode but jesus that is like the perfect the perfect game for this final showdown yeah. just you got to find one person out of 250 people figure it out and i like the game how they throwing in this in like because when the hatter died you're like okay this is the end of the beach right but this is the end this beach. is the end of the beach. You know what yeah. I mean? Like this is really gonna what is gonna take it down. You know, it's, it's kind of really like poetic. the perfect perfect storm of of uh, chaos. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's the perfect storm for the game master too. With continuing with the idea of not like mocking them at the beach. Haha, you mother like you motherfuckers tried to work together, but this, is, this is how you get the last card. Is yeah. 
no one can work together. You know what I mean? For the most part, basically I'm turning every single person against each other. So you tried teamwork, but that's not the way you fucking get it done. Cause only one person can live. So we'll start with the opening of episode seven, which is everyone in the lobby. Still um, the militants arrive basically claiming that they're not the witch. Like none of us could be the witch for this reason, blah, blah, blah. And when they arrive, Chishia knows better than to dip out because shit's going to go down. People start to freak out. They're questioning the dead girl's friend. Why weren't you with her? You're always with her. What was the, uh, Was there something interesting about her name? I, I never wrote her name Wasn't down. Wasn't it Momo? No, Momo's the dead one. Yeah, not her friend. What was her name again? Rio? Something like that? No, it's... Are you um, saying... I say I might mispronounce it and it's going to be bad if I do, but isn't it Asahi? Is it Asahi? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Isu! Isu of Karasuno, bro? Same I, name. I honestly didn't even piece that together. <laughs> yeah, I heard it. I was like, yo, the goat. Oh my right. god, how Let's, did I not realize so that? So it's Asahi. Asahi. But the crowd of people lift her up. They're about to burn her, but then Usagi stops them saying, no one can provide an alibi. Like, why are you just going to pin it on this girl? You're just going to throw her in the fire for what? For her not to be it? There's more finger pointing. People start pointing at Anne. They're like, you're covered in blood. It's just a bunch of nonsense. There's, shit's just hitting the fan. But she reveals that the Hatter was killed by someone in the beach because of the bullet. The bullet was the same bullet caliber of the ones that they carry there. So everyone's like, oh, shock and awe. And then the thudding comes of Agony stepping into the building. He's just... A well, re- you did miss the fucking insane kill by last boss. Too. Oh, okay, That's okay. Just fucking wild. This savage. The one girl just starts accusing someone, just like everybody else was doing. And then out of nowhere, you just see the sword come through the back of her heart. And he just is sitting there crouched behind her like, let's just fucking kill them all. God, last boss. Yeah, and then Niragi ends up shooting someone, too. Yeah, and then Agni arrives and says, everyone in the militant, we can prove that we're not witches for whatever fucking reason. And they're just like, if you can't prove yourself, then we're just going to kill you. The witch hunt begins. The literal witch hunt begins. Alki mentioned this earlier when we talked about Agni, but I I written down in my notes, too, just a very casual way that he says, Mm -hmm. Agni, we're just going to kill you all. Yeah. Which is like, oh, fuck. (laughs) You know, like it really adds to his character and it really makes him like a lot more intimidating. Yeah, right. Yeah, two little things that I'll say about this scene is that yes once again i'm continuing to call her lisa in my notes <laughs> <laughs> and two was that i was proud of myself a little bit here is that i wrote down at after this scene of that the witch is definitely similar to the taggers in the sense of like yes. the witch obviously has their own game mm-hmm. right yeah. and then that's right. kind of the the conclusion that arisu comes to yeah, yeah he, he makes that conclusion and, and chishia makes it when he's talking with nidagi he's like making all these connections about why this happened and all that so yeah but, i just assume anytime Arisu figure something out. Chisia already did. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I just want to point out again, this is where Niragi goes full anime and he goes, Yahoo! And he just like starts shooting. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, and Psycho. like you said, the one guy is saying, why are we going to kill everyone? Why don't we just sit and talk this out? And then, and then Niragi just yeah. mows him lights down. him up. Yeah, literally lights him up. So that's I'm, great. I'm like <laughs> watching. I'm like clicking through as you, <laughs> as you explain yeah. stuff. And he just went, wow. that's so fucking funny and my question too now that we're talking i guess now chaos has fucking descended upon the beach everyone's running now everyone fucking scatters and they're kind of going around just killing everyone and just throwing their body on the fire to see if they were the witch right and while yes this is like legitimately fucking absurd is it more efficient than talking it out I don't know. I think it's probably more efficient. Well, let's think because they only have 20 minutes left at the end of the episode. So that was what an hour and 40 minutes and they got nothing done even nothing. with doing this. It's literally a yeah. giant game of werewolves. Kill everyone. If, if, because there is something to say about the fact that, you know, however many fucking people are at the beach, 200 odd people 
and within the first fucking five minutes everyone's pointing fingers and going fucking crazy before the killing starts there's no way they would have accomplished uh-uh. like a discussion to figure out who the yeah. fuck the witch was. So. I think from the beginning, you know that the only people capable of figuring it out is Chishia and Adisu, maybe like some yeah. wild card. I would agree. That. And I did like that, uh, I guess, like a directing choice of using the security camera footage to kind of show everyone kind of getting fucked up around. Yeah, that, that's from crazy. Chishia and Queen's perspective, right? Yeah, I liked it. I mm-hmm. thought it was a good idea. It was nice that it then transitions to them being the ones watching it with yeah, us yeah. yeah i liked that okay so here we have all of beach shoes going crazy usagi momo paul's arch nemesis and fodder meet up to look for audi suits um, we get some really dark scenes in this episode like we have the point of view of a militant who's you know pointing a gun at someone who's pleading for their life he says i'm already beyond the point of no return it just shoots her right there he says you are not humans you are right. not humans i yeah. was like damn that's crazy like he's reasoning with himself this is not even real i'm in a dream i'm just doing this to get out of this dream and i'm gonna kill you right yeah now. and agony's just watching people just these piles of dead bodies just getting thrown into the fire of judgment Ragi's fucking on the roof just fucking sniping people with the rifle Queena and Shishia end up going to this camera room. Queena notices something on the cameras, which I'm assuming was last boss carrying the the fire. And he notices uh, Niragi on the rooftop too, right? I think they both see who they're going to end up fighting. Oh, okay. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. That's interesting too. I thought Queena saw Anne. That actually is what it is. Because she goes directly to Anne. Is it? Oh, right. That makes sense. But, but, But we do see last boss putting out all the the gasoline, the fuel, and lighting it out. Because I mean, him and Niragi are. Are they in contact? They have to be. Because there's yeah, no way they have that they like, neural connection where because he's like, we need them all out in the fucking the, you know out in the courtyard. And last boss is like, gotcha. They definitely. Well, no, I think it. didn't he say I got I got it covered? Didn't he say like he's I like I'll, I'll smoke them all out yeah, in the yeah, courtyard? Yeah, he like says that. keep sending them out. He's fucking perfectly headshotting everybody. Yeah. They give you the one shot where the one guy dies like, and his friend's just like standing there looking like, around. Where, where like, did bro. that come from? Yeah, I was like, I know you're not a soldier, but like you, you can't be that dumb, bro. How many games have you survived? And all while this is going on, we're constantly getting like quick flashes back to Arisu struggling like a motherfucker in the room. So yeah. we don't have to cover that every time it happens. Yeah. And at one point in time, they see one of the militants cowering in a bathtub and he says he can't do this anymore. And she asks where Arisu is. And he says the main building. Fodder and Hat Guy managed to fight two guys yes. with guns. And like they don't have guns themselves. And they somehow, well, okay, Fodder doesn't make it out of this scene. But, <laughs> yeah, no, but before yeah. that, they beat up a militant who said fourth floor. No, no, this is That's right this. here. That is right yeah. here. Uh, yeah, yeah. So the two of them cause... take on two of the guys with guns. They knock them out, but then the girl shows up and shoots yeah. Joe. Joe, that's literally, what I was going to say. literally a fodder name. Literally she fodder was name. Exact, he was in the executive room. <laughs> was he in the yeah. executive room? Yeah, he Bro. was like there in awe, and then he's he had the no bitch. role. He's probably <laughs> just the bitch of everybody. Where the fuck did the intern Joe come from? He got the coffee. Yeah, he's the Joe the intern. He gets the coffee for the hatter. That's so perfect. But I will say that the militant chick that fodder ends up whatever overpowering can get it she's the hottest chick in the city really? that's who i thought you were gonna say bro <laughs> yeah she's pretty hot yeah her name in real life is she's ayaka minami these next couple of scenes here which is pretty much going to be the episode we're going to do it how we do some of our other podcasts where we bucket oh wait just one thing i want to say queen of finds Anne in the medical building and Anne is just looking for the witch through fingerprints and then we can now start talking yeah. about yeah, how yeah. we want to break this up i also want to say that it's just, it's probably just easier to flow through the beginning part of what arisu gets this episode before getting broken out because the rest of this episode is just all important and more fun to talk about. So 
Usagi has this information that Arisu is somewhere on the fourth floor. At the same time, Paul's nemesis also finds out from a different person that he's like roughly where he is. We flash to Arisu who's passed out sideways in his room mm. and he has just a memory of Chota and Karube in the bar drinking and it's just a cool moment where they both say, Arisu, you got to live your life to the fullest, live your life for us. Just mm -hmm. a cool moment. It wakes him, it sobers him up. He says, just kicks on his survival instinct, right? Eventually gets the tape off his mouth and starts screaming and Usagi hears this but cannot get into the room. Because it's just like, you know, locked in. So she does what I kind of forgot was her specialty thing, you know, going full rock climber mode. She just flips out the window, gets onto the climbing outside of his room as two militants are also chasing the group at this point. And then this is when Momo and Paul's arch nemesis actually turn up and save her somehow. Then Usagi gets in there, breaks him out, and then just, you know, that's before we continue with him. We'll talk about other things. Paul's nemesis is two for two and fights against guns. It's just like, what, where did yeah. this come from? That's all I wanted to mention. Yeah, I wonder what Paul thinks about that one. Oh, and also, Paul's salty. My second comment is the very first thing we learn about the beach, one of the first things is that all of the locks have been super glued, but this lock isn't super glued. So, Interesting. Yeah, so point. that was just a, maybe it's like the, the prison room. Maybe they'll just yeah. keep this one room unlocked, but I did That's I did point. notice that they did super glue all the doors. Maybe I'll take a plot it that hole. Way. Maybe it's a plot hole. Yeah, well, I'll like take I said, it that a prison way. room, a prison yeah, room. Yeah, that like he said all of them are locked, but like I'm sure they kept some doors yeah. that could lock. You know, that would be kind of dumb to It'd do. It'd be dumb it. to super glue <laughs> yeah. every single yeah. one. Talking about Arisu's flashback, to me, it felt like. That's not actually how it went. Yes, like there's no the way that they way. were just friends and when they were just kicking it, yeah, hanging live out. for us. Yeah, and they were like live for us. Yeah, like, no. like when we were if we were drinking like Saturday night, I wouldn't have like looked you in the eye, Luke, and been like, you know what, bro, live for me. Hey, I guess you're right. I think it was you like know? a memory, like half memory, half yeah. motivation. You know, I understood it in the second watch as like his fight or flight, yeah. his himself talking to himself, yo, get yeah. up, like do this for Chota, do this for Karube, because they're yeah. here. You're where you are right now because of their sacrifice. Yeah. Don't give it up right now and you know? the second thing i will say is a lot less serious and this is probably the alcohol talking when i was doing the notes but fucking usagi coming through the window just reminded me of ralph wiggum when he just like head just like as like a little cannonball flows through the windows in the simpsons house uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. definitely the alcohol talking <laughs> i loved that scene because i forgot that she was such a physical person right and she just climber kicks out that window right away without even thinking just jumps just how she was doing in the tag episode they haven't awesome. really touched on that skill of hers in yeah. a couple episodes so, yeah yeah all right, perfect. So we last saw Naragi on the roof. Chishia arrives and they have a back and forth. We already know that these two definitely don't get along. Naragi says, let's put an end to all this right here. Uh, then we do get Naragi's backstory as well. He was just hardcore bullied as a kid, which I guess explains the psychoticness. Come on, bro. You're shooting people in the head with a full like caliber rifle. Like. I thought they were like Yakuza fucking them up or something. Yeah, I mean, the urine, rice, whatever. And I don't want to shame a somebody who's bullied. You know, right. nobody should be bullied. It's sad. But he clearly got to the parallel world, to the game or wherever, whatever we're calling that universe. And he used that experience to become a bully. You yeah, know, of course. That's and I've fuel. talked about it. I talked about in the last episode. I pointed out, and I we were talking about this before we started. He shot the crow, and he was like going crazy. He shot the crow. It was one point in that game. Meanwhile, the tiger's like five hundred or something, mm -hmm. and like then he's picking on Usagi, helpless, and now he's picking off people from the roof with a sniper when all of his dudes are getting in the thick of it and like putting themselves a little more at risk. So he's, he's just like a, a push. He's a pussy. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like Definitely. he sucks. And I thought that was a, 
nice way of showing why he is the way he is. When we talked about it, I might have been last episode of like, there's definitely a lot of people that think that their life in the game was a lot better than their life. Yeah, he, this, is know, in the this is one yeah. of them. Original world. Obviously, he takes it to the extreme in one direction. I mean, Adisu and Chota, when they first get there, like, this is nice. Mm-hmm. This is very nice. So that could have been them. That, that could be Chota and Adisu right there. Last boss in the rug. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Chota would have been last boss. Yeah, <laughs> Just shaving his whole body. But Hatter like this world, like it seems like a little more probably. I think after a little bit, yeah. Power, he had a power complex thing. Uh, yeah. Goonie too, he's got a power complex. Absolutely. After the flashback, Shishia determines that the hotel's power was originally coming from a generator, where now it actually comes from its main source, meaning the electricity of the the circuits, whatever, is working for the game. Meaning also that someone set up the game, and that that person has to be the witch. And only the militants had access to that and part of the building and executives. So basically, Chi-Chi's goal is, I'm going to kill all the executives. Yes. Which is I so badass. He's like, I'm going to fucking kill all of you, starting with Naragi. Yeah, he runs at Naragi and distracts him by throwing cards up in the air. Naragi takes a wild shot, but completely misses. As Chi-Chi is dodging, whips out this handmade flamethrower and just lights Naragi's ass up, which is yeah. such a satisfying feeling because fuck that guy. He's like, you think I'm going to miss? He's like planning on it, and he just fucking... Oh, I loved it. I loved the jump. I mean, you're going to use a wield that heavy ass rifle at a close range fight. You're just asking for a bad time. Yeah, I mean, he definitely he must have had his AR with him that he's had the entire time and just yeah, he just didn't, didn't have it. it up. Yeah, but it was funny, too. After this scene, part of me, this is <laughs> this might sound a little fucked up. Uh, part of me is a little upset that Naragi got to fall off the building because he might have just died from the fall instead of. Like, oh, yeah. Instead of burning alive. alive yeah. But uh, also, I I'm just with you. I was just laughing, thinking about Chishia just having a go pick up all the cards because yeah. <laughs> they went everywhere Dude, and my, if one went off the like the roof of the building yeah, then like, Fuck. I was my like, concern hell? was if you flamethrow one of them True. it's just gone i'm like Very jesus true. christ man he was so reckless with just chucking the cards up he trusts himself but though. it was actually a great plan because that is the most valuable asset in the entire beach so naragi naturally looked up at him and i told myself that he had a playing card deck of cards that you know he had <laughs> and he's playing one? yeah fake oh one. i like he that too that. yeah I wonder what you could do with that, though. Exactly. I mean, there was all of those department stores. There was definitely some decks with playing cards. You yeah, got like fucked he, with people hardcore. They had everything. They had like 50,000 bathing suits. I'm sure I they doubt had that. There. I actually, I would actually be surprised <laughs> if there'd be playing cards. Like, if this is like a true, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. Maybe there were if this no like transported. If it's like transported, then yeah, there's specifically no playing cards. But last thoughts from you, Kyle, on this. Just see a boss just getting shit done. Does he redeem himself from? fucking over Adisu by killing Naragi or not really? I mean, I would say, yeah. I mean, for me, I still like him. Yeah. I think yeah. that he's always know, been an interesting character. If you put yourself in his shoes, why the fuck does he care about who Adisu is? He um, just continually gets shit done. Yeah. And also, I just like his little gadgets. Yeah. <laughs> he's a fucking genius. Yeah. I mean, like the taser, the taser was fucking yeah. genius. I mean, the, the small flamethrower came out of nowhere, but like, it makes sense with his character. Mm-hmm. I'm not we've sh- already seen the taser. Right. So I apologize there. I'm not sure if this is true. I was thinking his anime manga character, he probably is like really resourceful. He might have made more tools, mm-hmm. more weapons in the manga that we didn't see in the show, or maybe right. hopefully we'll get to see more of I'm like sure in the he's next the season. Coolest conceptual looking character in the manga. Yeah. He's probably so bad. I want to read it. He also has white hair. And if you have white hair, typically you're you a badass kakashi hits a guy gojo like yeah. they're you're pretty much a savage already yeah. bokudo yeah hey 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 <laughs> hey, hey, hey. 
all right. So do we want to get into a uh, Queen oh, right yeah. now? Yeah, man. This is my personal favorite part of the episode is this whole Queen last boss interactions and all the flashbacks we get with them. Yeah. So when Anne and Queen were together talking to each other about what Anne was doing, last boss had arrived and Queen told Anne to go on ahead. I was shocked by that. Really? You I think? did not think she was going to step up and be like, I got this. Dude, she's awesome. Oh, true. Yeah. We didn't know. We've never yeah, seen her yeah. as a fighter. We talked about it yeah. too. That well, I've kind of, know. you know, have been waiting for a moment like this. Obviously, Chishia has some level of faith and trust in her. Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. so far, we've just kind of seen her be a lackey, kind of. Yeah. Right. Obviously, she has more potential than that. So I'm glad. She's also, I'm glad. I just wasn't expecting it. When just, I first watched it, I was surprised too. Yeah. Also shown to be compassionate, which is cool because Jacia clearly doesn't yes. have that to the, her extent yeah. where she cared about Arisu. I'll take on last boss while you go figure out this game for everybody. That's a cool yeah. quality that she has that brings to the table for that pairing of her and Jacia. Yeah, because I would say he has none. She grounds him. She grounds him. But I mean, how much does he actually listen to her? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not at all, but still. <laughs> but still. But we get a great choreographed fight right here between them. They're kind of dancing back and forth. They end up at this bar and this is just like, yeah, this was a great epic battle. It was just the choreography, the slow motion. And at some point when Queen is just knocking around last boss, he throws her into the uh, the radio and starts just the club music. Yeah. Goes, and it's just, oh, it was I really nice. Loved it, man. Also, I-, I was thinking like at this point in the fight, because it's still like jarring to see her fighting last boss. Yeah. Not a matchup I was expecting. This bitch needs a weapon. Yeah. Like, yeah, she's, yeah. Fighting this, like, she's fighting this guy with bare hands. She's blocking with tables. She's yeah. just doing the cool slow motion dive over the sword right in the early part yeah. of the club. And like she wasn't running away. No. Like she obviously she wasn't like really on the offensive, I would almost say. And Alki had said this last episode that like that's a long fucking sword. Would not be easy to fight someone with that length of a yeah. blade and in it with just your bare hand. So she was, I think she was running to find her. Obviously, we figure out you're about to talk about it, but she was trying to find her ideal environment, fighting environment. When they do event, they have a couple times where they stop fighting for a second, the typical anything, not even just anime, just action where they square up and eye each other down and talk for a second. She says, I worked in a clothes shop. Yeah, that's what she said. Yeah. We're nothing alike. And then it kind of goes. No, no, it. but it's done in a poetic way because the whole purpose is that you think the initial flashback is about last boss, right? Did you get that? I mean, my note says last boss flashback. Yeah, flashback. so that's what I'm trying to say. They cue it up in a specific way where the quote is saying, Queen is asking him, what was your backstory like? Oh, and and it, it flashes to and it flashes to her backstory. Yeah. But it should have been. His, yeah. His yeah. It's, a, it's gotcha. a total. It's a, it's done very well, in my opinion. Yeah. So we flash to a younger guy in a dojo. Is that the right fucking word yes. for that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dojo. Yeah. Mixing up? Yeah. Whatever. So they're in a dojo. It's basically a karate uh, studio and they're fighting. The main guy that you see right there is fighting the master of the of the dojo. And. It's a pretty good fight, but the master's clearly more brutal and willing to take the final shot. This kind of feels like, um, you know, Karate Kid, Cobra Kai kind of thing going on right here. Because when the guy gets the upper hand, he refuses to finish the sensei and punch him in the face, which ends up getting him getting his ass beat, right? This transitions us to what we are now slowly putting together. I don't know, if Kyle, for you, if you figured out this part or the next scene, but... You see the the person that was just losing the the fight against the sensei putting on lipstick, and then you start put together that it's actually not a backstory of last boss, but Kawina's past before she transitioned. Yeah, 
And to me, when I remember watching it the first time, that blew my fucking mind because I was so ready for this to be Last Boss. Yes. But it was just such a, it was so much better that it turned out to be. Oh, yeah. Well, a lot better. I mean, it was a little bit of deception, but if I'm honest, the way that I had taken this flashback until Alki and I talked about it, I believe it was maybe even yesterday. It must have been yesterday. It was yesterday. Uh, Yeah. Was that I thought it was that her dad was like trying to make her a guy not the other way around so that's like typical like i, I thought it, like like straight up like robin shabatsky in yeah. how i met your mother like obviously it's fucking comedy and that he had a daughter and was like fuck this you know what i mean like i want a son was trying to force her into this lifestyle mm-hmm. but i actually like it that it's the other way around mm-hmm. yeah. that you know what i mean it's still him trying to force her into a lifestyle yeah i felt really bad I yeah felt really bad for her. i was like yeah. damn like i've noticed on the second round she really likes like she likes martial arts yeah. she had the makeup but she also had a poster of martial arts on her mm. wall you know if you didn't like it if you were being forced to do it you wouldn't have that on your wall you'd be trying anything over everything to like not mm-hmm. have it in your life she was obviously a good fighter she would have punched her dad in the face and won yeah and that, won but she yeah. didn't deal the finishing blow yeah. which is you know comes to full circle in a little like a few moments but it's pretty cool. so the dad ends up, I don't even know if this is the right word, but excommunicating her from the family. Exiles was also, her. Was it him exiling? I thought it was just her willingly wanting to leave. Well, he said never come back. I think, yeah. I, now I think about maybe she was like was leaving. Like she was leaving. And, and he was said, like, don't, yeah, if you're leaving, don't, don't ever come yeah, back. Yeah, that's kind of how I, either way, she gets booted or leaves. So then we flash back to the club because then it, oh, I have it written down here actually. Hikari, which is yes, who Queena was before. As Hikari's walking out, you see his face at that moment and it transitions to Kawina's face. And then that is supposed to be like the explicit. Oh, duh. Yeah. So that was fucking awesome. But this takes us to last boss's flashback. He's basically a writer and he writes public articles on random things, I guess, but no one looks at him. So he's like a blogger. He's basically a blogger, but he just doesn't have a purpose in life. He's literally just away typing on his computer, a, a sibling or someone asks about what to do with mom. He just doesn't really respond. He's just so engraved in this. And he's asking himself, how do I find the real world? And because Alki, didn't we have neat? He's yeah, a neat. Yeah. What does it mean again? A neat. It's a not an education, employment, or training. It's like a term that has be. It's not. It didn't originate in Japan from like the brief research that I've done, but it's common in Japan for basically someone's like a low, no life. Like he, this guy blogs. Yeah. It showed that he had no comments, no likes, nothing, all, yeah. and he just posts like every day. Doesn't leave his house. Yeah. Just, you see all this crappy food and trash all over the place. He just is a just slob. And then he enters the game, and at first we see him exit his first game, and at first he's horrified, but I guess after some amount of times, he eventually learns to love the freedom of the game. This, to him, is the real world. He gets his hair cut, and he finds some guy who used to be a big uh, tattoo artist in the real world and asks him to do something. What is what is the exact quote? I should have written it. It's, it basically, down. he says, like, tattoo something on me that like means like I can never live in the original world. Yeah, right. that's what he says. Which yeah. he definitely got one of those. Yeah, he definitely <laughs> got what he wanted. I mean, yeah. he's that tattoo is not going to get you far. Anymore. I also think that it was the very first game and that he like fell in love. Mm-hmm. He looked scared, oh, but then yeah. it like quickly, it was turned, like a quick, yeah, it was a it quick quickly era. turned into like, he felt alive. Like that was the first time he felt alive. He had like, he had like a release. That you know is what I'm saying. Exactly. Well, one of you just said it. I don't, I don't even remember it, but when in Naruto, when Sasuke and Naruto are fighting Haku, yeah, Haku, Haku. And then, 
they're and Zabuza, right? And then Zabuza like Kakashi, control your man. He's he's shaking, and it's Sasuke, and he's like, I'm not shaking with fear. I'm shaking with anticipation. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I get of Last Boss. As soon as he realizes the hype of the game, that's exactly that's what his life is now. He's He's like, this is where I belong. Pretty much, he has like a revelation that this is where I was. Oh, this is real life. And then we when we come back to the present, the quote that he says, he says, "For me, I have no past," Mm -hmm. because that doesn't exist anymore. And then that's a great parallel that Kawina brings up right. after this realization saying, I thought we were the same. We kind of talked about that earlier. She says, but we're not. We both hate our past, but I'm willing to face mine. You're scared of yours. Yeah, yep. say, her resolve was a little bit stronger. She yeah. she has a reason to be here and manages to deal the final blow. Well, no, hold on. There's yeah, a couple yeah, things. But here. she does start beating his ass a little bit. After she beats that. his ass. I was hype writing my notes here. Like, this is such a good exchange. And then this is when Last Boss gets that typical anime thing where they're going to do their last ditch effort, right? He shatters oh, all right, the glass right, right. and throws it all on the ground. And then this triggers the final flashback for Kawina when she's now Kawina. She goes in and sees her mom, who you could tell was a, a little bit more compassionate than the father she's in the first flashback. Exactly. And that's like a really cool moment because she feels accepted. She's happy. And now she's Kawina. And then when it goes back to the room, and she closes her eyes and gets in the stance and yeah. just says, fuck the glass and just uh, yeah. slides her bloody feet all over that. She, that reminded me of uh, Gohan and Goku when they're fighting Cell. And he's like, another theme besides past in their, in their talk is like they're talking about like the will to survive. Mm-hmm. And like what, what they'll do to do just that. And Kuina kind of she realizes obviously the glass is there and she's going to have to fucking step on it. And then she says to last boss will to survive was it and then she does like the stance and like you hear her feet you know oh, go yeah. on the glass and get cut up yeah yeah and it's like okay she's in like she's fucking ready to go and my my fucking note is oh baby that fucking stance and breath dude the, <laughs> the eyes were closed the whole time yeah. in the beginning and then that's when you know last boss lines her up with the sword they're about to do the final thing and the music kicks back the in music, dude it was so hype she does the dodge she fucks the sword up and then she has that savage neck kick yeah. Before going in for the final slam punch to the face, knocking him out. She's a beast. I dealt the final She's blow. A black father. belt. This She's is one of the master. first scenes I think of when I think of this show as a whole, like after having been finished like months later. I always think of this scene. Yeah. Just, She's the best. Yeah. This, she makes, got, this bumps Queen up a lot. Yeah. 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 She got a double flashback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she got, <laughs> she got double flashback. <laughs> I think, think Adisu's only had like two flashbacks, so she's tied with Adisu. I think on of flashbacks. <laughs> I think there's an important piece of last. I might be totally wrong, but I think there's an important piece of last boss's flashback that we got to talk about at the at the end. Okay. okay, and I'm also interested if that is the end of him completely, because honestly, if that is, I'm not satisfied because I want like his flashback felt like a tease. In the sense of like we get to see him tattooed mm-hmm. and that's it. Where did he pick up the sword? Did he just know the blade? Right. Where did he get? I yeah. just think it was symbolizing that he was diving into this world more than like anybody. Like yeah. he was this, he was gonna live and breathe this. So he was people who to are breathe. gonna survive are gonna be the ones to survive, and the ones who are just here for fun are I mean what I want to know. Yeah, I would love yeah. to you see know? how like, he meets up with agony and like stuff. yeah, like Naragi like picked up a gun and like okay. I'm obviously not like a fighter or a shooter. If I picked up a gun in this world, like, you know, it might take me a little bit, but I could probably get all right with it to the point where I could kill some people. But if you gave me that fucking sword, I'd be somewhat useless with it. So I'm just curious how he got that good. This is actually something I remember talking with Alki about the first time we watched this months and months ago. I couldn't tell if you were supposed to think that he was sloppy with the sword when he was fighting. He was just obsessed with the idea of being like a cool, badass swordsman. So 
to your point, I don't know if he was really truly that good with it. Dude, he killed that tiger in one blow. Yeah, that's a that's, that's a the first time we see him. That's a hundred percent. That's our introduction to him. I think his style there. and like his stance already is just self-explanatory in the fact that he's never had complete dojo yeah. training. But I think just the fact that he's been in the world for so long, he's been able to develop his own style. Yeah. yeah. And like that just works for him because that it's last so you. Yeah. He was tapping the thing on the on the dance floor. Yeah, right? he was yeah. doing that. He was dragging it. Yeah. I do like all of it. The what the drunken the drunken fist the drunken fist that's yeah, what but... she was doing right no like, but i'm just saying it's his own version like, of the drunken fist what is that isn't this the like tiger tiger so like queen tiger queena had the coolest oh. thing <laughs> um, she fucking kicked his ass and it was great and i it was great because it felt it felt good for me because i was in the beginning she needs a weapon and yeah. then she was like fuck you no i don't she I'm, is i'm gonna beat his ass bro. yeah she she i'm gonna beat his ass go to jail for using those fists yeah she has fucking observation hockey too <laughs> yeah, got it. Bro, that blade came in. She had her eyes closed, and she just dodged it. So hard, dude. The most overpowered ability on observation hockey. She was like in dodgeball when he blindfolds and dodges yeah. the ball. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, he has observation hockey too. Yeah, he does. <laughs> He's the OG. He's got some BDE as well. All Erroneous, right. dude. We're done with the backstories, right? Is there any other so comments good. we want to? So satisfied right now. Yeah, <laughs> these are great episodes, man. I yeah. love these episodes. I'm really happy that Kuina was someone that I, I tried to ride for, and when I first met her and introduced her, because I thought there was more to her than the way she was acting. Oh, more. when you picked her, I was hyped. Yeah, so I was yeah. like, Kyle's just gonna put in his head, decide that he likes her, and then it's just the momentum's just gonna keep yeah. going. And that's great. Going. I really like her backstory. I think that she's honestly she's the most fleshed out character. Yeah. Honestly, and I'm really into it. That's right. actually such a fact. Like crazy. more than Usagi and Arisu, definitely. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Which will probably not continue to be a thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, and there are two more seasons, and we'll see who makes it there. There's Bro. actually two more seasons. There will no, be. It's at least one at more. Least one. Oh, okay. But still, yeah. For right now, Alrighty. W's in the chat for Kawina. So yeah, where we left to... off, just to, to kick it over to you, Dave. We we're already good. Arisu saved, and now the conversation in the hotel room after Usagi. It's it's the squad: Momo, Usagi, Arisu, and Paul's nemesis. It's yep. actually Momo's dead, right? Is yeah, it Momo's dead? Oh, sorry, Asai sorry. Is, Asai yeah. is Asai is alive. Yeah. So Arisu gets the thinking. He basically is deducing that the witch is being forced to participate. He knows that it's got to be the similar situation to the Taggers. Says, give me the rules. The others think that it's someone in the militants, but Arisu is denying that, saying that would just kind of defeat the purpose of a hearts game. It wouldn't be that simple if it was just someone in the militants. Even if it was Agane, that just doesn't really do what the hearts games are meant to do. You're yeah. supposed to feel something. Like killing a militant, that is coincidentally the witch is going to do nothing for nobody. He's sitting there processing all this. Now we get a little bit of Agony, who is just i don't even know what to describe his emotions he is just feeling absolutely nothing at this point in time just staring at these people just that he's killing he is 100 percent responsible for at least these 50 people that he's burning alive he's responsible for every single death he yeah he's looking death. at it probably you know, setting in a little bit i'll just quickly say we get the flashback of him with the hatter how oh, awesome yes. was that They're, they were friends before coming to this world and yeah. that kind of explains the beginning of this episode when they arrive at the beach together and yeah. he's like i'm gonna make this a paradise yeah i even jumped the shark on that because i this was so interesting to me yeah i talked about it in the beginning of about this recording but mm -hmm. did not see that coming right at all Really, I mean, it fleshes out even both of their characters. It, it adds such an interesting depth to Agony that I did not see coming. And especially, especially like, dude, the way we meet him, like, looking back to when we met him, me personally, like, I thought he was going to die in the tag game, 100%. And then now look where we're at. And, and I'm like, glad. That makes the, the scene, especially when him and Hatter are confronting each other by the pool. 
that just makes that scene just so much more what the fuck happened i will say this is where we get the fire right and the fire in his eyes yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and obviously combined with the flashback you f- really get the idea that like it's hitting him what he did what the fuck yeah and what like like where did everything pop off the rails like this yeah. you know what i mean because this can't be the only flashbacks we get from you guys i already told you yeah, yeah so it's going to be really interesting to see what more about him because he's not very expressive he doesn't have many even like facial reactions which even is insane that shishia fucking was kind of relying on reading him right to fucking get all yeah, the how do you read him yeah of, of all people yeah. yeah he's killing all these people he lost his friend he just spent the last who knows how long amount of time hating his friend i knew when we saw him i was like okay he's gonna come back because he he was the beach reveal him and that guy that he sacrificed hinted at the beach that's like the deep plot point of the story and that's how it started when we met him and when we found out that him and Hatter hate each other, I was like, okay, something happened. They they have a backstory. I did not expect that they came from the real world together, though. Mm-hmm. And that added a really, you know, it brings it home. Like you're saying, what happened? You want to find out. Obviously, we gave away to you that something will happen. Yeah, it's it's good. It's just adds to the integrity of the show. It's not insane that that would happen to two people, because even if you think about Obviously, you know, Chota and Karube come back around during the Hearts game. But right, like, but they were ready to kill each other. They were ready to kill each other. Yeah, no exactly. doubt. Karube like, had a short fuse. He was ready yeah, to go. Just saying it out loud of like the nine of hearts. Like they had the nine of hearts and the eight of hearts. And who's out here playing those games? Who like, got those yeah. cards? And it would be interesting if we can find out that. And I mean, obviously, I have no idea. But I, you know, I guess if I'm going to lob a guess out there, maybe the eight or nine of hearts something might have happened in one of those games but also hearts people seems almost like only one person survived but also based on the past of what we got right arisu when he shows up to the beach him just giving them the seven of hearts was enough for them to almost make him an executive on the spot so you gotta assume that the higher hearts were probably all from the executives or the high militants and stuff like that but you know you're right there's there's just probably good stories there with yeah definitely. it was a six-pack black outfit chick. she was just slicing <laughs> and dicing all the hearts she, i mean she honestly probably yeah is the number one contender one thing i wanted to say though commenting on what alki said a little bit ago about the backstory you're just finding out that hatter and agony had these backstories these are the kind of things specifically episode seven knowing all these flashbacks and the backstories for these characters now when you rewatch the show Dude, it's so much better. When you see Agony in episode two, from our perspective, we're already knowing this is fucking Hatter's boy. He's a big dog. He's the leader of the beach. This is this show has so much rewatch value because they don't feed you the backstories until the end of the season, right? Yeah. So all of that stuff, and just you're gonna have such an appreciation when you go back and watch this again, whenever that is. If you're they hit each other, too, they so. hit that thing. It's just like when we watched last episode, we talked about when Chishia saw Agony in the tag game. Yeah, he was, yeah. Like waved at him like an idiot, and we're like, what is he doing? And then it made a lot of sense and that was answered that was fulfilled within the same episode right yeah and honestly now, you know now I mean? that we're, we're talking about this i'm thinking about it it makes me even sadder that not shota because shota was kind of a bomb but that <laughs> karube died because i think it would have been really interesting if there could have been a parallel between arisu and karube and oh, their relationship and agony and hatter's relationship like the story is moving very quickly mm-hmm. so like that would have extended things because we would have had to develop karube at the beach and mm-hmm. you know and then and then having to have something of a wedge between the two of them but I, it kind of makes me want that, that to have happened to piggyback on that i thought when we saw seven hearts and it was with that chick what was her name the, shibuki. Sh- shibuki yeah i thought that they were going to figure it out and then they were going to split up Karube and Chota will go away and then Arisu will do his own thing and then they're going to come back and maybe they'll be each other's final boss. That would have been You know what I'm saying? That's what I thought was going to happen. Shit. 
they're really about to fucking die right yeah, now. And I was like, damn, fuck. I believe that more than that. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Before, before, more than them dying. But I, that, I'm glad also, that that happens. Yeah, that's why that makes that twist a lot yeah. better. Yeah. yeah. And that point that I just made about the potential parallel feeds into the little bit of like the criticism I had about them all dying at the same time in episode three of a lot of it of like waste potential. Like there was a lot of plot and story and emotional value that was just slammed into our face at once instead of we could have had a little bit more. But I mean, obviously the story is just very fast paced and it's not going to be like an insanely long One Piece or a Naruto level manga. So Maybe the manga it had it more drawn out. It, definitely it, did, it does. You know? It does. But hold on, Kyle. So direct. also, I was thinking about the episode three thing too, because I know I like queued it up to you saying that it might have not hit as hard in the moment, but it made room for all these other characters. Now, do you stand by that, right? Like all these fleshed out characters are so, I am so happy we're spending time with Queena and last boss or oh, yeah. Chota. That's why you got to view it in the two halves where it's the, the first four are all prequel set up for this expansive roster of characters that are every single one of them. You can just hear me gushing over them every time I talk about someone. I mean, obviously we're talking about them because we podcast about it. I mean, like Chota and Karube are complete afterthoughts in the series. And yeah, I feel like uh, right now, yeah, one of them could have had more of an impact. I mean, yeah. now we have, you know, we had the Arishu flashback where they're talking in the bar and stuff, but I don't know. I don't know, man. I still say Kyle is my boy. After my first watch, I was like, he's still going down. I loved him. Yeah. I thought he was Kyle is still my boy. Let's finish, let's finish this off because we still right, have this right. last scene here and then we can keep talking. We go back to Arisu. He's still thinking. He determines that he should start thinking like the game master and not the witch. And this allows him to keep the options open of that someone made this game after calculating this timing. This game was so perfectly set up. Hatter just died. Then the game starts. This was all set up in that amount, in that window, essentially, of him dying in this moment. So he determines that. And then we see Anne also at the same time determine the fingerprints, which to me is just so fucking stupid. She sees the fingerprints. She's like, oh, I know exactly yes. whose fingerprints those are. Let me just run and tell everyone. Yeah, that like was wild because it felt like the only way you would have that level of revelation is if it was a fucking alien fingerprint like you'd never see. Actually, yeah. it's not It's not as simple as you're saying. Regardless, Anne determines the fingerprints. She leaves the room and some militants knock her out. And by this point in time, there's 20 minutes remaining. We see Chishia still just acting calm for whatever fucking read. There's 20 minutes left, and he is just always in the lobby. Just uh, does he know what's going? Does well, he know the answer? Well, he was calm in the tag game too, and it's not like he was a guaranteed to win. They weren't gonna win if it wasn't for Arisu. So all right, but then He's here we get Arisu's uh, Jimmy Neutron moment. Think, 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 think. Brain blast. <laughs> <laughs> Arisu figures it out, but of course. It's the fucking end of the episode. Yes. We don't get to find out who. I it think is. I knew who the witch is. He stands up. Everyone looks at him like, yeah. come on, do it for us, daddy. <laughs> yeah. right, me drunk as a skunk at 430. <laughs> like, let's go. And then, no. And I was like, fuck. All right, then. then so that's up Lisa Ann on Google. So yes. who, do you, who yes. do you think it is? You said you have two options. I'm interested to hear who you think the so, witch is. I think that. Are you guessing witch or game master? Witch. Okay. I didn't consider Game Master to be like someone that we would have uh, okay. known, but that's an interesting concept as well. I would say that based purely off of the evidence given to us in the episode, especially at the end with the thing that Arisu talks about with the timing, it really makes the easy guess to be Chishia mm -hmm. because they come to the same conclusion about the timing, but the person who initially mentions timing was in episode six, which was Chishia, mm -hmm. who says that things are happening at the beach. So we need to get our plan in motion. And he has already shown himself to use people in dispose very disposable ways. So and they and they're very heavy handed with the uh, the I wouldn't want to be your enemy quote because both Arisu and Kuina use it. 
And he's like, yeah, I get that a lot. If you're the game master and you're <laughs> actually observing he or she, the game master can observe and is watching what's happening. You would pick Jashia to be the witch mm. because that's the person that's pretty much if you want the, the most people to die then he's the one you want to be the witch because he's the least likely to get fucking caught. True. But but I don't want him to be the witch. That's I love hearing your thought process through yeah. this. I legitimately had the power to just, okay, next episode, let's find out who it is. You know, yeah. like, so we I didn't have, think about it. I never much. really thought yeah. about it that much at the time. I was like, OK, Agane is to me the glaring option, I guess. Even Adisu was saying like that doesn't feel right. It's like, also interesting, too, to say how people were saying that if you were the witch, what would you do? They come to the conclusion that you would either hide or you would really dive into the killings because look at this person trying just, really hard to find the witch. And while Chishi doesn't really fall into that category of trying really hard to get involved with the killings, he is obviously killing executives. people and he's killing executives, which are the people that they wield the most clout. You could take that both ways in the sense that he's picking off people who he thinks are very likely to be the witch or he's picking off people who are very likely to challenge him and think he's the yeah, witch, and make yeah. him lose as the witch. I'm going to say that this is going to be a classic. You're on taking a test and you have the answer B and then you change it to A, but the answer is B. I'm going to guess it's number two because we haven't seen his bitch ass at all. Oh, number two. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, the guy with the glasses. Uh, we haven't seen him at all uh, since he kind of got low boyed by Naragi <laughs> and he fits the the exact character or exact, at least the, the, the mold of the person that Chishia is looking for. So I'm going to hop in the boat behind him. He's going to find the answer because I don't want to think he's the witch. Obviously, number two knows about all of the power structures within. He obviously knows pretty much everything there is to know about the beach and the way things work there. He has you know, his finger to the pulse of what's going on. So he obviously knows there was something going to happen. Also, the Hatter is very eccentric, but he seems pretty careful in his own way. And I think that it would be very easy for number two to be the person that would kill him. Because like he would not see that coming. So I think number two is someone that could easily have set all of these events into motion, which would then benefit him as the witch. I am loving this so, more than you know right now. Like I just, I just love hearing this. Well, like, I just think it's very suspicious. This is like so logical. Like, yeah. This is so well thought out. Like I've never had anything like I just, this. I think it's very suspicious how we haven't seen him. And they're kind of giving us the witch is either someone who's very involved with the killings or someone that, you know, is just completely hidden that no one can find them. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, we haven't seen that motherfucker. Are you saying that you think that who the person who the witch is, is also the same person that killed the Hatter? Is what you're saying? I, I mean, if it's number two, then yes. Okay. What if, yes. but if it's Shishia, Shishia, are you it's, saying it's not? I don't think that Shashia killed the Hatter. Okay. I just so, think that, that he kind of saw that coming. See, as I'm saying that, that also makes it insinuate that like, the witch is someone who initiated the Ten of Hearts game. Yeah. So if I'm putting myself in Chishia's shoes, that's kind of the way that I get to number two. Okay. Um, because he is an executive. They give us that look of him that like, he's kind of like the logistical guy. He even has the comment, I believe it's in episode five, when they're around the table, if we just run whatever, like a probability function, we'll figure out how to get to the, the Ten of Hearts, blah, 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 blah. So he seems obviously as a calculator. And I think that him and Chishia kind of come off as the two people that would be great candidates to be the witch. So it's kind of a combination of thinking as the game master who, because it seems like the game master can pick who the witch is, who would be the best candidate to be the witch, because it's not just some fucking Joe Schmo. It's definitely not Joe, because Joe's dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, could have been. They never burned. Well, yeah, him. they also they did didn't burn, burn a lot of bodies, yeah, which exactly. is um, an interesting thing, because when I was talking about is it an efficient strategy, and it's not, because they can't possibly get all the bodies onto the fire. And then also, it's combining, like, thinking like the Game Master to pick a witch, and also definitely a lot of emotional, don't want it to be Chishia, so I'm just going to act like I'm Chishia and follow the information that he's given me mm -hmm. and try to come to the conclusion. So taking those two things together, that leads me to say number two. 
I don't want us to comment on it much because yeah, know, I'm I'm literally saying I think quiet. I'm so, I'm so hard. You like, were amazing right there. That was really good rook stuff. Kyle right? just dominated that right there. I was loving that. bodied. Yeah, it's gonna be so fun to reflect on your guesses He's at the end bodied. of the next episode. If I had to give it like a confidence level, I'd maybe throw like a seven on it for number two. Number two. To okay. see, I'll probably throw like a four on it because that's probably a lot of my heart talking. And it's interesting, but like I don't really think that it's her. Did we mention that she got knocked out? We did, right? Yes. Yes, we did. Yeah. At first, when I watched the scene, she finds the knife. And then could she just have been acting like she's trying to figure out the knife? But she just wants to take away the evidence of that murder, which, you know, is evidence that could lead you to the witch. I don't know. I didn't mention this and just because now we're talking about Anne. I just I like the way that she's kind of cooked up that strategy. That was very interesting. I like Anne a lot. Well, yeah. they t- we didn't talk about she's an ex forensic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, cops. But so I mean, she just kind of MacGyvered it, right? She she knows body. Yeah. she knows about the, the human anatomy. She obviously has good deductive reasoning. She yeah. uses her context clues very well. And I, I just I like that detail because it made sense. Because we don't know what she should have done. What was his past? You know what I mean? Is he another gamer? Like I doubt it. He's and got the biggest bump of almost anybody compared to my my first watch to my second watch. I just went in loving her in the, the, the beginning and I thought she was great in the first game when she's testing out. Yeah, I yeah. loved it way more than I did. Yeah, the first me too. Time. I didn't really appreciate it. The first mm-hmm. watch. Yeah. Great yeah. legs, too. Great oh, legs. yeah. Great legs. Great, legs. great, great, great face. Too. Very great legs. Um, all right. So I got a couple things here for us before we sign out. So first, I want to talk about the Alice in Wonderland references. These are actually my favorite ones to bring up to people who don't actually who, who you don't really catch them when you're watching them. But this one's a little bit loose and this one's a little bit more up for debate compared to the next two I'm going to give. But some people are trying to say that Asahi and Momo are supposed to just be because they're always seen together. There's just the two people. They're supposed to be like the Tweedledee, Tweedledum okay. doubles in Alice in Wonderland. But I don't know how they how you'd say they're not. Yeah. I mean, it's just fine. There's nothing more to it than that. Right. Yeah. So the next two are fucking great. And this is why I personally didn't want to say Whitehair's name the entire time going through the first couple episodes because Chesia is literally Cheshire. Like he's the Cheshire cat oh, who is he's notorious for being the neutral, just does has his own agenda in all of Alice in Wonderland. Right, yeah, he's right. always mysterious in I the really, background. Really, really, really like that. Dude, that is great. <laughs> I got hype as fuck when I found that out, yeah, that's and it just works. And you're gonna love the next one too. But so Chisea, it pretty much works perfectly. Like that is pretty much how you pronounce it in Japanese anyway. So it's direct. He that one's looks obvious. like a cat too, which is the crazy thing. Dude, like, but wait, his character. There's more. Yeah, <laughs> it's just so great that he is that because you know he helps out. Just as the Chessar cat does, helps out Alice sometimes and warns him, but then other times fucks him over, like like they did in this episode, exactly like that. And it's also interesting, yeah, like the level when we're talking about like compassion and empathy, he has, he doesn't have it because he is a true neutral. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And then the next one is his partner, Kawina, who is a direct representation of the caterpillar. The one that is always the hookah smoker. The hookah yes. smoker. That's, <laughs> that's why she has the thing. Oh, that's, what, that's what the pen is. So a couple yeah. things. There's yeah. the pen thing, which is always the smoking of the of the caterpillar. Always talking with Cheshire cat, which is duh. And then she has the colorful dreads, which is a okay. direct thing to the caterpillar too. And then uh, the obvious thing in the um, you know, Queena being a transgender trans, person. Trans, it's just yeah. the trend. Yeah, the transformation thing. Oh, dude, yeah, she came out of her shell or a cocoon like a butterfly. It's so yeah. great. There's wow. subtle Alice in Wonderland stuff. I get yeah. hyped when I fucking tell people that's really awesome maybe this is a reach too but you know how the catapults are like who are you right in the cartoon one and she kind of asks 
last boss who you who are you, who are you yeah, bro yeah. you know what i mean she i might have been asking herself that a little yeah bit that could have been younger. like a who yeah. are you oh yeah that's even more um she that's has, even more yeah. of a parallel i think she found herself yeah, she's yeah. a fucking badass so i don't know if there's going to be any other fun ones like even for next episode there's i pretty much have just been waiting to tell you about yeah, because it's right in your face that's why i was so adamant to saying remember when she's smoking her thing because i yeah. wanted to bring it up at this point and then she is just that's just the coolest thing ever i do think it's a little weird that Agony doesn't really represent someone, but I guess the Mad Hatter didn't really have that one other person to really make the parallel work there. There was a didn't in the cartoon, didn't the Mad Hatter have like a minion guy? He had the rabbit who's a soggy. Uh, I'm late. I'm late. You know, oh, yeah. that's who was thinking, first it's the, the Queen of Hearts. She She's a character, right? That's what I actually was just about to say is I don't think we've seen the Queen of Hearts, but I think the Queen of Hearts is I bangs and abs. I mean, why? I mean, she's all about the hearts games. I was she just seems gonna, to be the queen of hearts oh, okay. games. I mean, that's a cool thought. I was going to say that it's not a confirmation of anything, but I did briefly see on Reddit after I watched the first season that there is going to be someone that's a representation of the queen oh, of hearts, okay. but it also didn't say that it isn't someone we've already seen. It's oh, okay. just a yeah, reveal later. So too. you could be right. Yeah. I'm just saying uh, that's going to be a character. She's probably like third on the list for who the witch is. She might even fucking be the game master. Who knows? <laughs> that would be interesting because she's like trying to get them to play the hearts games. Like, just fucking kill everyone. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get the car. Just that kill them be all. Fucking wild. Yeah. Oh, and it, okay. So this is something that I wanted to say that I kind of hooked up this somewhat crackpot theory of what the overall goal meaning of, behind the game is and stuff. Yeah, of everything is. And obviously, we get down to the point where it's like one person wins, and that's kind of like a normal thing for any type of game. Or you know, there's always going to be like one it's battle person. royale. Yeah, but it just you know what it, it really reminds me of. And obviously, I have no idea when all these things come out and, you know, things influence other things and, you know, things have been done a million times over. So nothing's truly original at this point. God of High School. How God of High School is a, a tournament pitting all of these fighters where the underlying it, it looks just like a martial arts tournament. But the underlying goal is that there's these two not religious, but like opposing forces in the world that are trying to identify something that's known as the key. Mm-hmm. And the key is something that they're trying to utilize their power because the key is kind of a vessel for like another worldly power. Blah, blah, blah. Obviously, Chota's mom's cult. I really hope it means something. I hope it's not just like something to, to fucking add to Chota's terrible character. Um, <laughs> because it seemed like they were hinting at it. Like, that's the reason why this has happened. You know, and I like Paul when he was thinking about the whole idea of what people were doing when they disappeared. We've mentioned the word, you know, the concept of people being neats multiple times. Mm-hmm. of like slapping all these people into an arena with the knowledge that the person that eventually leaves the world, you know, the person that rises to the top, they're looking for someone mm-hmm. for some reason. It just reminds me of the God of High School tournament and like the search for the key. Obviously, that turns out different in God of High School because there's multiple keys. I just wanted to put that out there and solidify it in, in uh, audio so, waves. So you, you're, <laughs> you're basically getting at the fact that Arisu could be the, cho- you know, like the typical, the yeah. winner. He's Someone the guy. like the cult is looking for. Yeah. So we'll have yeah, one too. Yeah. Thing, yeah, it just has a vessel. So I'm just very and, uh, curious spy to kids. see. <laughs> <laughs> you're the key, the key, right? Yeah. You're the, key. the guy. You're the, the guy. guy. Right? You're the guy. <laughs> dies right away, right? Yeah, Doesn't yeah, the guy yeah. get like crushed with lava? Yeah, of course shit? it was no, but it's actually Junie. Yeah, the whole Because I mean, we're going to get to a part where they solve the game. at least i'm assuming unless they you know subvert the shit out of our expectations and the game doesn't mean anything but i feel like the person who gets to collect the deck means something i feel like there's someone either the game master hunter x hunter green island sorry these parallels i know, I know. Like, yeah, that's, that's what i'm saying like everything if lose everything else nothing's truly original i feel like the person that is going to end up winning winning quote unquote the reason the game is there is because the cult 
who the game master is a part of, I will say, how about that, mm. are trying to identify someone who they think is going to come along. They want to use that person in a certain way to further the destruction yeah. of something or like to achieve their own twisted You goals. think that people in the real world know about this thing? I think there are people in the real world, yes, that know okay. about this, I will say. Uh, I never thought of that. So obviously there's going to be some fucking crazy shit that happens in the in next episode, but there's oh, yeah. also so much that are left up for debate that I think we can actually comment on this because we don't fucking know yeah. yet. That um, makes you feel good just um, off the bat. I'm just, it doesn't, I'm not going to say that and then yeah. turn around in the next podcast episode and be like, so everything I said was bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm envious of, like Dave said, your ability to sit on the episode for a little bit of yeah. time. Because I crush it in like eight hours, eight episodes of crushing eight hours watch time. You know, I didn't get to theorize. Being a rookie is really fun. You know, yeah. it's probably it seems fun. it's awesome. It was so thought out deep. You know, you could you could write a page about this shit, man. <laughs> one more question for you before we move to the last Banco Mary segment. I got I got one for that. I like it. Anything specifically from this season that you think there's a realistic chance that we're going to get answers to next episode like that we already haven't talked about? Is there anything that you like any little plot points? Because I know there's some things that are going to happen next episode. And you're going to be like, oh, yeah, because we haven't talked about it in a little bit. But yeah, I, I would say the first thing that comes to mind is face cards. OK, that's the first thing that comes to mind. That does seem a little bit like season two shit, but that's literally the only thing I can think of right now. I use pretty much all of the processing power in my brain to to talk about who I think the witch is yeah. and, and that key shit. So <laughs> that's all I got right that's now. Fine, that's fine. I'm running on fumes over here. No, you crushed the end of that. That was good. The last boss's flashback. And Kyle's key talk actually triggers something else that kind of piggybacks on it, but not it's not exactly where I'm going with it. But we see his whole flashback, how he turned into the psychopath that he is. When we saw the blog, the comments and the posts had dates on them. And they were dated May 2021. If we look back, there might be other Easter eggs. Easter eggs, I'm using that word. It's not maybe not an Easter egg at all. But like if we go to first episode, if we can see and it shows I look back, it shows Arius's phone. It has what I'm assuming is dates on it, mm-hmm. but it's in Japanese. So I didn't know what it said. It could add to our theory that we've been talking about that we were talking about, about like what's the concept of time yeah. and this thing, because then we got a little bit about what's going on outside of Tokyo that the suburbs are really run down and then there's jungles outside of them. That happens only when a lot of time has passed and there's been no humans. Who knows where it is? But I thought like it was an interesting detail to pick up that it said 2021. No, I like that. That's a good catch. You know, it's like really interesting. And Something then obviously if this show has been released, it's May right now. And this exactly. Been it's been released. Yeah. The whole fact that it was, you know, also blogging on the internet in the year 2021. And then you contrast that with the way that we find out the news and the articles about Usagi's dad being all print paper right is, is an right. interesting contrast yeah but huh. you know i was actually yeah. thinking about that at home okay she's never been in like modern times like she just knows what a touchscreen cell phone is though when she goes to the game yeah but she's been but she's been in the world you, if, even if you didn't know a touchscreen yeah, yeah. phone and you played one game you'd at that point you'd figure it out yeah, also, i feel really, like you don't do much with the phone it just fucking does it yeah. yeah i'm starting to think is there a chance that this what did he call it other country foreign countries what the hatter was calling it like this is a foreign country is just time independent meaning it's just stuck in a random time and people from the real world are just getting plucked at all points and dropped in here right. which could explain the huge gaps in difference from mm-hmm. you know the real that was world. my mental conclusion after our no, conclusion like last time and i wanted to say now while kyle's talking about the flashbacks of the of the cult chota's mom is involved in this stuff it's shady business in aguni and the hatter's brief flashback 
Agudi mentioned Yakuza and he dropped the name and he said this guy like got caught or uh, something. Uh, we forgot to mention that. I think that's yeah, going to be important. That's that important. Might be, I think right? that might be important. It might be important. And and then they got brought into the the game world. Also, in Last Boss's flashback, his sister or something was like, what do you want to do about mom? And he just ignored that. And then we didn't get anything about that. Mm-hmm. More than a couple of flashbacks of a lot of question marks of like what happened. Like they answered most questions except for like one, like that one about the Yakuza. What's up with his mom? What's up with Chota's mom? Last boss's flashback, I feel like raised more questions for me than it answered, which made me feel a little unsatisfied about it, which why I hope that he's not like dead. All right, are we ready for Bank Kill Mary? Because that was always ready for Bank Kill Mary. I'm always. Yeah. All right, so I'm gonna marry Psycho. I'm gonna bang Psycho. (laughs) That was a great fucking discussion. I'm so excited for Kyle to see the finale because now I just have the highest confidence that he's just gonna walk away loving it. Yeah. But with that being said, let's focus on the important stuff here. We're gonna bang Kill Mary, and this version, I'm just gonna have it again as the same theme as we did last. Repercussions are repercussions. Like you're in this world, and you have to bang Kill Mary these people but we're also assuming that that's in, in a time where the beach is neutral like you know you're not freaking out this is like a year ago it's party years. beach like this is normal beach life you have to bang kill marry yeah, yeah. one of these three all right you ready so the first person is niragi second one is last boss and third is agane and third one is paul's nemesis, paul's <laughs> nemesis. so you got to bang kill marry between these three Oh my god! I'll what just, do you do? I'll go starts because I know I'm going to marry Paul's nemesis. Like that's just like <laughs> not even a fucking question. <sighs> I just think last boss would be like a dead fish in bed, so I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna kill him and just bang Nuragi. <laughs> just show him what's up. Show him who the real man is. Oh my god! <laughs> so, so that's my answer. I feel like I can't really go anywhere else with that. I don't know. <laughs> and it's so funny that I don't answer this question after you literally just said it. But we're thinking consequences, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, like true, legit true, consequences. True, true, true. So my answer is going to be that I am going to marry Naragi. Have fun. I'll just hit my complete heel turn and say, fuck it. I'm in. Like, let's go lick and kill people. (laughs) (laughs) And then then I'm going to bang Paul's nemesis because there's no negative repercussions of that. He has no clout. He can't really come at me in any way. Naragi's going to fucking defend me. And then I'm going to kill last boss. Because I don't want to marry him, and he's it was, it was between him and Naragi to marry, and then I had to kill the other one because I can't bang someone that's that dangerous, and then just go marry someone you else. You, you know? kill someone that's that dangerous, though. Well, yeah, I have to. It's bang, go marry. <laughs> so I'll get Kalina <laughs> to fucking take him out for me. True. All yeah. right. So I'm. That was your wife last time, right? Hell yeah. Yeah. So you got your polygamous. Fuck yeah. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to kill Paul's nemesis. Wow. Oh, my guy. God. How are you not going to marry this guy? I don't For the understand. same reason that Kyle just said, because I actually switched as you were, t- Technically, as you were talking. Technically, him versus Naragi is a great matchup because he's undefeated against guns. So he would beat Naragi. <laughs> yeah, I might have trouble want. killing him, yeah. but I'm going to kill this motherfucker. He doesn't have any. No one cares about him. Just put him in a room with some water. Yeah, the water is rising. Yeah, with some electrical circuits, he'll kill himself eventually. I'm gonna marry uh, last boss because I know that dude has no desire for anything. Like once we're married, it'll just be on paper. He's not gonna try and touch me or anything. We're good there. And and if someone messes with me, that's my that's my husband. So come here and slice some motherfuckers up. That's where I'm thinking. And then I'm banging Naragi just because I the same thing as I forget which one of you two just said, you just said give him a taste of some medicine. Yeah, yeah. Let him let him know he's the real man. Yeah, I'll fuck, fuck his day up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> be a hate fuck. 
All right, Alki. I'm Send bad us at home. these. These yeah. are hard for me to choose. I'm really bad at. We love favorites. your. We love your. Alki input, spends though. the whole last podcast talking up Usagi, kills her right away. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you asked me what, and, then, and then he regretted yeah. it off podcast after. He's like, I wish I didn't do that. I wish you asked me again because <laughs> this is hard for me. I would kill Naragi yeah. because I really dislike him. Mm-hmm. I would bang water rising <laughs> water rising because he's just like i don't know he just needs to be used and then <laughs> yes. wow i think you're saying he's just like a nice guy like we would have a good time oh <laughs> he's just like a tool oh form That's of masturbation so oh and then, and then, <laughs> you're gonna use his ass to masturbate <laughs> you're gonna use his boy pussy his little boy it's just like it's right, a little bit too that, R-rated, I think. No, we're good. All right, wait. Who's your last? And then I'm I'm marrying Holy my shit. boy, last boss. Fuck yeah, me and you, bro. Let's yeah. get it. Yeah, last boss, listen, man. He's loyal. Yeah, <laughs> he's loyal. Yeah, yeah, he is loyal. Oh, he he's got my back. I think yep. Naragi's a little bit of a loose cannon. What the hell is Water Rising gonna do? <laughs> True that. He's gonna bitch and moan. Where the trash guys here? What are we gonna do? Take out the motherfucking trash, man. <laughs> it's trash day. You had all day to take out the fucking trash. I love how you're thinking about all these domestic. Like, how am I gonna? It? Who's gonna cook? <laughs> Last boss is gonna hunt. I yeah. know we're never gonna be shortage of meat. You know we're always gonna have some in the fridge. That's true. You know that what I mean? Naragi's got no life skills. He got bullied. He let his motherfucker hit a baseball into his face. Bro, he can dude. hunt. Good before. shit, boys. We're getting out of hand here in this bank kill match. Right. Dave, yeah. take I us home. Say, I will say before Dave takes us home that uh, we have mentioned a lot of. My name's PD, by the way. <laughs> before PD takes us home, <laughs> <laughs> um, we've mentioned a lot of you know anime and manga that we kind of you know see parallels in a lot of you know scenes, characters, things of the sort that we are trying to bring in because that's what we know and we're kind of relating it to. Um, so there's been obviously a big event that happened in the anime and manga community Ooh, recently. Yeah. Um, it would be remiss. We would be remiss. It would be bad of us not to mention this, at least in this podcast, since this is the, uh, the first recording that we've had since it's happened. Uh, so just a quick shout out to a, a legend of the genre of the medium. I might butcher his name. And I will <laughs> apologize for it immediately. But what is it? Uh, Kentaro Muria Mura. The uh, the mangaka of Berserk uh, unfortunately passed away recently. It was a great manga, man. I loved it. It's, yeah. It was literally, I tell everyone, it's the Game of Thrones of manga. Like, just so well written. Just the ability to kill off characters without any remorse. Uh, just well drawn. Just I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm upset amazing. to see what's going to happen. I'm, ba- I'm hoping that he had some chapters stored away in the bank and that it was so close to being over. Like, I don't think he managed to finish it. We knew he was sick. But absolutely, just total travesty. A true seinen, right? Isn't that what the the genre is? Yeah. When it's like a yeah, more yeah, yeah. mature S E I N E N. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I one of those mangas I picked up, crushed it really fast. It was just a gripping story. Paige Turner, the the main character. What's his name? Guts. Guts. Yeah. And he just has a lot of redeeming qualities. He has a great. He has like multiple character arcs. The characters around him are so deep in it. It's a very deep story that you don't usually you don't get that with every single not every single anime or manga has those qualities and he did a great job of doing it and it's really sad that he get he's gone it's been under the radar for a while i mean you get like it's because it's in that weird bridge where it's like it's an older one but you had naruto one piece coming out mm-hmm. and then it's like okay as soon as like berserk was picking up steam then you get into that new generation i don't think of, like, it was manga. ever a weekly one either that yeah exactly that he's been sick for so long because he would release chapters like once a month once every three months so it was kind of like a little spotty but it's yeah. been in the top conversations though for like it's for on me, every 
every so, top 10 list it's in one for of the mine, past yeah. 20 years. I would say it's up there for me. I love it. Zod's one of my favorite characters. Yeah. And especially because we're, we're saying that as we're watching Alice in Borderland, we're kind of relating it to a lot of other things that we've seen, you know, within the, the genre. Genre very loosely, I guess you could say. But kind of kind of berserk is almost like the king of that i mean it just like obviously you know his passing is very unfortunate but just kind of all of the the messages and the things that people have written about him and the and the and the series itself on twitter and everything and reading all of it it's just incredible like all of the connections that people make and you can really see how he influenced a lot of you know the series and yeah. and the shows that we love ourselves it's, it's horribly sad that he died but it, it is just kind of that angle is interesting that his masterpiece his art that he created is known as this legendary media or legendary piece of you know this genre and it has influenced so many other things and then now as we're talking we're covering alice in borderland and every episode we talk about how it reminds us of, our, of other things and kind of berserk is almost the king of that he was a very well respected creator yeah, yeah. That's going to be it for today, guys. This was a fucking blast talking these two episodes. Like, this was the most fun I've had in a very long time. Fucking shop on the podcast. Um, next episode will be the series finale. Kyle and our townies strap the fuck in. It's going to be a wild ride. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Bingetown TV. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Check out our continued coverage of Shadow and Bone. And definitely check out our merchandise. Uh, you can find it on the our website, www.bingetowntv.com. Once again, we are Bingetown TV, and thanks for listening. Love you guys. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.